Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. A few years ago, I went to the eye doctor. I go to the eye doctor all the time, uh, at least once a year, twice a year, something like that. Normal for me. I had to get new glasses. I've worn glasses since college. I can't see at a distance. Well, now I can't see at a distance or up close, so I've got multiple problems. But I, I went to get a new pair of glasses, and they look just like this pair that I'm wearing. The problem is it didn't take long for me to realize there was something not quite right. As I began driving home, the car in front of me had LED lights for taillights. Though I'd never had trouble before, all of a sudden, I'm seeing the red, and those taillights were 3D. I thought it was crazy, so I took my glasses off, looked at the taillights, not 3D anymore. I put them back on, and they're 3D. There is something wrong. I decided to give it a couple days and see if my eyes would adjust. Then I discovered something else. I was sitting on my computer, and I was working on it. Uh, probably doing something goofy, like after hours looking at ESPN for, for our fantasy football team or something. And I was sitting there looking at ESPN's website, and suddenly the computer screen is 3D. The red was 3D. It was crazy. I know people pay extra to go to 3D movies, but this was not my idea of fun. So I go back to the place where I got my glasses, and they told me they'd never heard of such a thing. So for a few weeks, I kept asking questions, went back to the optometrist to make sure the glasses were made correctly. Finally, I had another pair of glasses made from a different lens material. From the moment I put them on, I no longer saw things that were red in 3D. Vision, when it is messed up, can be very frustrating. Vision is incredibly important. Living life without seeing makes everything a little more difficult. Well, today we're going to talk about some things that are really important for us. What I believe that God's wanting to do through the ministries of Topeka First. So let's take a couple moments and look at Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push you out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. You know, Jesus is pretty typical, even though this is pretty early in his ministry, pretty typical for Jesus. He's teaching people, and his ministry had already become pretty popular. We know that because there were crowds that pressed into him. I've seen plenty of street preachers in my day, and rarely do they have a large crowd. But here, Jesus, with a large crowd listening to him, decides he's going to push out into the water to speak, because it would be better to speak from the boat than to stand on the shore. Verse 4 says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. The irony here is too much. Here is the carpenter's son. An itinerant preacher telling the professional fishermen how to fish. I mean, how many of us would be just a slight bit put off by the apparently stupid instructions that we would just dismiss? I mean, the carpenter telling the fishermen how to fish, that doesn't make any sense. 
Something about Jesus' words, though, had an impact on Peter. Even though he knows the conditions are no good for fishing, they had worked all night. The nets were now cleaned. But because Jesus tells him to put the nets out, he does. Master Simon replied in verse 5, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. You know, obedience is often a requirement to the miraculous. If you're waiting on God to do something in your life, do what he has told you to do and probably will have an impact. So Peter lets down the nets out in the deep water and they catch fish. Not, not just a couple little fish, but a lot of fish. And verse 6 says, And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. Soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon, Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. It's a pretty cool experience. And the preacher could have gotten lucky with his advice. Sort of like a broken clock is right twice a day. Jesus could have just gotten lucky, but he didn't. He knew what he was doing. And Peter and his partners recognize it. But then Jesus gets to the point of the miraculous catch. It wasn't actually about the fish that the fish were an illustration of the vision God had for Peter, James, and John. Because the next statement of Jesus delivers the reason for the fishing expedition. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Eleven words that changed those three guys' lives. A vision statement that served them for the rest of their lives. First of all, don't be afraid. There were all kinds of reasons for fear for Peter, James, and John. They were about to leave their vocations and follow the itinerant preacher that had just told them how to have the biggest catch of their lives. I mean, they're in an upswing. I mean, things are going well for them. Why would they leave now? Man, they're, they're selling fish like crazy. But they leave. And the second part was, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. Let's be honest. There's no other reason for the church to exist. There are other things we do, but they all must connect to the mission Jesus gave us, to help people encounter him, to help people encounter Jesus. This is what we must be about. There is no other primary ministry for the church. We must be about people coming to know Christ. So I want you to take you on a few-minute trip through what I believe the church ought to look like over the next 12 months. Here's the church I see. I want to talk you through six key areas of the church I see. What I believe that Topeka first ought to look like and what we ought to be doing over the next 12 months. Look, one of the things we need to work on 
is we need to build and strengthen partnerships. Some of those partnerships we already have, some of them we need to build. Well, like Royal Family Kids Camp. We, we need to keep building on that, on that partnership. We need to keep ministering to kids in the foster care system. We have to do something to continue to minister to the orphan. It's just the call of God for us. We, we have them for 20 some years. We've been putting together Royal Family Kids Camp. And in recent years, we've had a lot larger focus on foster care. And we want to keep building on that. We, we have a great partnership with TRM, Topeka Rescue Mission. We need to keep building on that. And one of our campuses meets right there in one of their buildings in Oakland. So the, our Oakland campus meets right in a TRM building and you know, feeding people and connecting with the community over there and, and seeing people come to faith. Convoy of Hope is another partnership we want to strengthen. Convoy does incredible work. They do incredible things around the world. We're, we're going in May as a group of 13 of us or so. We're going to go to, go to Haiti and go on a trip, a missions trip with Convoy. Convoy is some great things. They, they're, they're feeding kids around the world. They're, they're helping women be empowered to provide for their families. And they're teaching people how to farm. And they have an agriculture program. And in Haiti, when, when the farmers that they teach and give the seed to raise a crop, they, they have to give back 10% of it. And then, and then they sell some back. And, and, and the kids that are getting fed in Haiti are being fed by farmers in, in Haiti growing the, the food, the rice and the beans. It's an incredible thing. Convoy disaster relief work. And, you know, again, with tornadoes going through recently, they, they were right there helping out. Tsunamis around the world, they, they're doing incredible work. We need to build on that partnership. Our missions work and what we do with missionaries and, and the support we, we give to missions and missionaries around the world is incredible. It can, it can be better. We, you know, we gave at least 12% of our total income to missions last year as a church. Pretty cool stuff. Over 100 and, uh, about 110000 or more dollars to, to missions, supporting the work of God, taking the gospel around the world. Another partnership we're working on is a partnership with Christ First Counts, and we hope to get this one solidified in the next few weeks or month or so and, and get that set up. We, we're looking to help them and open up a, a counseling office right here at at the Boulevard campus, we, we want to be a part of that. We have a couple people that attend our campuses that work for Christ First. We refer people to them all the time. And they have 140 people on their waiting list every single day right now in the city of Topeka that need counseling. But because they don't have space, they can't provide that service. It'd be something that we're able to provide to our community, to, to bless our community, to help our community, to help our community grow and be healthy as followers of Jesus. Another partnership we're working on is our school of ministry, putting that together, getting that launched, because we believe we've got to invest in the next generation. The second thing we need to work on over the next 12 months is excellent facilities for our campuses within our city and the surrounding area. Just Friday, we closed on the building for Heritage Country, right there at Four Corners at Highway 75 and 56, that RJ Auction building, we, we just closed on it. They're going to be doing some work, getting that thing ready so that they can hold services in there. They're looking to, to hold their first service in that building last Sunday of March. What an incredible opportunity to, to, to have a presence in Osage County and the surrounding areas 
to minister to people that may not walk into another church building. It's pretty cool to be able to reach people where they are. And now that's just going to give us one more opportunity to reach people down there in Osage County. Exciting. God's doing a great thing. The Mission Hill building, we're, we're excited about that. We got our full set of plans. They're starting to go out to bid. And we're going to do kind of a formal groundbreaking. It looks like April 2nd. Get out there with some shovels and just kind of flip some dirt. Kind of saying, all right, here we go. We don't know when the big machinery is coming yet, but we're working on that and getting that set up. But this year we're going to build a building for Mission Hill. That's going to be a great tool for us to use reaching people in one more location. Hey, we're going to do the remodel and, of the kitchen and fellowship hall at the, at the boulevard. I mean, it's already started. There's some ceiling tile out, looking at some preliminary work for electrical and some of those things and trying to figure out what to do. And we're getting close to getting that one going. It's just the last part of the building to re be remodeled there. The parking lot at the boulevard campus. We all know that needs help. You could lose people in some of those potholes. So we're going to get that done. That'll probably happen sometime May, uh, thereabouts, as we coordinate with newcomer. There's also the kitchen and the parking lot at Chi Alpha. Last part of that, that 17th Street Student Center, the Chi Alpha house that needs done is the kitchen. Putting a hood in and getting the parking lot finished up to get that thing there so we can continue to minister effectively to college students, to international students, to the people that are right there at Washburn. We're looking for the ideal location for Topeka Revival to, to meet at within the city. Right now, they meet at the chapel, the Boulevard campus, but eventually they're going to move into another location so we can put another church in another neighborhood, in another part of our city to try and reach people with the message of Jesus. In order to see all this happen, in order to accomplish this, we really need everyone to be a part of financially investing in the development of our campuses and the ministries. You might be asking yourself, how can you do that? Well, if you're not already a, giving a percentage of your income to the church, you should. I'm going to suggest that you target 10%. That's a starting point. Look, if you're not there yet, start with 5%. But there's a blessing in the obedience of the 10%. But start where you are, and we aren't ever going to make you feel guilty for not giving. We are going to ask the Holy Spirit prompt you and speak to you, maybe encourage you to give. Because I think that's God's heart. If you are already giving 10% of your income and supporting missions, then I'm going to ask you to give a one-time gift or an ongoing amount toward all of our facility upgrades. Maybe you're getting a tax return and would like to give a part of that toward Mission Hill building, a kitchen project, or another project. Whatever it is, we just want you to invest in what's going on. I'm not going to be high pressure on this. I simply want you to ask God what he would like for you to do in this area. The third thing that we need to focus on over the next year is using our platform as a multi-site church to raise the awareness of what we are doing in the community. Each of our campuses in the Topeka area will be named Topeka First with the campus name as a tagline. It, you know, Topeka First, the Boulevard Campus, Topeka First, the Mission Hill Campus, Topeka First, the Oakland Campus. That's what we're doing. There's a reason for this, and a couple of reasons for it. The first one is, Topeka first. It's not only our name, but it's our mission. We are to reach Topeka first. Not exclusively, not only, but first. Topeka is our first mission field. We are to reach Topeka. You know, in order to reach Topeka, 
We must love Topeka. If you live here, God has placed you here and you are to love the people who live here. If you don't love them, you won't reach them. We need to love our city. We need to serve our city. We need to bless our city. Look, Acts 1.8 tells us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The early church started right where they were. They didn't go right away and they didn't go to Samaria and Judea. They, they started in Jerusalem. And the fact is, if, if, if persecution hadn't broken out, they might not have gone as they were instructed. Look, our responsibility is to start right where we are, start in Topeka, and then begin to work our way from there. There are 90,000 people in this city who need Jesus. We need to make it our goal to reach 1% of them. We should see 900 people attending our campuses within the next year. There is no reason we can't reach more people this next year than we have over the last few years. But in order to do that, we must prioritize God's mission over our comfort. Think about it. Jesus said to the disciples, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. I think we ought to be the same. In order to do that, we need every person to share their faith with their friends and their family. We must get more intentional about sharing our faith. We've already started an initiative called 30-30-30. If you're just starting, then just short it up to two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. But here's the deal. For the first 30 days, you pray for people that you're going to have an opportunity to share your faith with, an opportunity to invite the church. Next 30 days, you figure out some ways to serve them. Uh, shovel some snow. Uh, help them out in the yard. and Take cookies. Do something. Just serve them. The last 30 days, look for opportunities to invite them. Easter is coming. Boy, I want you to make sure you invite someone to one of our Easter services. It is one of the best opportunities all year long to see somebody come to church and experience Jesus and even come to faith. Make sure you invite somebody for Easter. The fifth thing is, I want to encourage every person who attends our church to grow in their faith. If our ministry doesn't flow from our connection to Jesus, then we have our priorities out of order. And we'll never accomplish what God wants us to. God wants us to grow, to become more like him. And out of that, and people ought to see Jesus in our lives. People ought to see us and see Christ in us. That's going to come through a connection with Jesus and growing in our faith. Last thing I want to talk about is investing in our next generation. Look, we need to pro provide opportunity and training for the next generation. We must make every one of our campuses a place where the next generation knows they belong. They don't feel like they belong if they're never given an opportunity to serve and be a part of the ministry of the church. Look, the next generation, the generation behind wherever you are or the generations behind you, you need to open up opportunity and you need to figure out ways to pour into their lives. 
It's our responsibility to help them grow. It's our responsibility to give them opportunities to be used by God to help them to discover what He's made them for. The next generation is important. The next generation is worth working for. The next generation is who's going to carry the ball when we're off the scene. We need to invest in the next generation. This morning, I want you to consider what part of all this God is asking you to step into. Is God asking you to step up your giving? Then, step up your giving. Look, I know this. God wants every one of us to step up our work in sharing Christ with those around us. There's not one of us who couldn't raise a hand and go, I need to get better at that. I know I do. I need to get better. But I'm trying to do everything I can to share Christ with people. The truth is, I still can get better to prioritize the, the mission of Jesus in my life over other things that may be for my comfort. I need to prioritize the mission of Jesus in sharing my faith with the people around me. Well, whether you're in school or going to work or your neighborhood or family, I challenge you over this next year, over these four cycles that we're going to do of the 30-30-30 and, and all those when when you're praying for people, when you're when you're doing some things for people, serving the people that you're praying for, and you're inviting them, I just believe that you're going to see some of those people come to faith. It ought to be the thing that drives us. Remember, Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's usually one of the first things we experience when somebody, when the preacher starts talking about sharing your faith with somebody, first thing that comes is fear. Because we're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid of what people are going to say, what people are going to think. Jesus' words, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. That vision that Jesus gave his disciples is still the same vision he has for us today. My question for you is, will you join me as we do the work that God has designed us for over the next year? That we would see this year being one of the most powerful years that we've experienced as a church. I know we got 90 years of history behind us, but I'm asking God to make this year a great year, an incredible year of seeing God do great things through our lives and through our church, through our campuses and through all that he's doing because the mission is still the same and the work is still great. 90,000 people in this city who need Jesus. And we're not going to do it all alone. There, there are other churches in our city that are going to carry part of that ball. But you know what? we got to take it on ourselves to follow the call and the vision of Jesus to reach people. Will you join me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. God, I pray that or that as we look forward over this next year and we look forward to what you're doing and what you're going to do, God, I pray that we will just listen to you, walk with you, and not be afraid that we will really understand what it means to fish for people. And Lord, I'm praying that we'll see many come to faith. Lord, would you give us over the next, next year 1% of our city? God, would you give us that privilege 
of seeing 1% of our city connect up with us and become followers of Jesus and, and just experience what you have for them. God, I pray that we, we would give like we need to give and we'd give like it's needed to accomplish the, the work that you've given before us. God, would you help us to carry out your work in this city, to do the things you've called us to do with excellence, that we would honor you with everything we have, with our time, our talents, our money, the facilities you've given us, and God, the opportunities you've given us, that we would use everything you have given us to bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.